0: Hello and welcome to the HRD Live podcast and to our mini-series on people analytics. Today, we'll be talking about overcoming common barriers to implementing people analytics at scale with Richard Rosenau, Vice President of People Analytics Strategy at OneModel. Richard Rosenau is an expert in the field of people analytics with a broad track record of experiences. His industry knowledge and expertise in the field have enabled him to design and implement innovative solutions and have established him as a thought leader in this space. Richard is tasked with sharing the best practices, developing people analytics communities, and creating cutting edge research that supports HR and people analytics leaders. And he's committed to staying at the forefront of industry developments and actively participates in the people analytics community by attending and promoting meetups, broadcasting open roles in people analytics, and sharing his insights on the field via LinkedIn. Richard, welcome to the HRD Live podcast. Fantastic to have you on board today to discuss those common barriers to people analytics. First and foremost, Why is it so important that we reduce the barriers to implementing people analytics?
1: Yeah, I'm very happy to be here today. So this is a big question. I think when we think about what people analytics is, to me, people analytics really sums up around decision support. It's how do we help make better decisions around our workforce for our people, about our people? And at the end of the day, like uh, our people make up a lot of what we do at work. So uh, of workforce cost, people can represent up to 70% of the cost of of a business. Separate from that, These are all humans we're talking about. These are people with livelihoods and families and friends and existences that we want to support. And so anything we can do to better support people in the workplace through better decisions, through better understanding, through listening, I I think that's incredible. And I I think people analytics sits squarely at the center of those things.
0: So why then do you think that a lot of HR leaders and a lot of business leaders are still afraid of people analytics?
1: (sighs) That's a good question too. And afraid's an interesting one. I, I think it's more this like... HR sees so many fads come across. We see so many like competency models and nine boxes and talent strategies that are different. And it, it's hard to understand what's real and what's fluff and what's, what's going to stick around. So I, I think HR people that have been veterans in the space really have a, a good sense for, okay, let, let me see how this goes. Let me see what this plays out. Let me see where it happens. So I, I think that's one factor going at it. I think the other factor though too is like to be in HR historically, HR has been about people which makes a lot of sense. I mean, HR is about the, of the humans, about the workforce and the best HR people are really rooted in this almost artisan sense of what it means to manage people, understand people and support people. That's a, that's a really human skill. And it's something that's learned over a lot of time, almost like a, like a potter learns how to make pots, like HR people learn how to shape the workforce. So I, I think somebody coming in from the outside and saying, hey, look at my numbers, my numbers can tell you what's going on better than you know it's, it's tough at first. And I I think people analytics historically came at it a lot from that. We had a lot of these kind of very quant heavy, very data heavy people coming in from the outside saying, I can fix HR. I can figure this out. I think what's happened over the past 10 years though, is people analytics has evolved a lot where people analytics has recognized and realized the complexity of HR has started to recognize and realize the power of that artisan HR when it comes into connection with the data. And then I I think the other side, that kind of artisan side, they realized, Hey, looking at the data, I can actually listen better. I can learn about my people more. I can get deeper into my organization and I can do my role at a much higher level and a much more human level if I let the data and the automation and the technology take on some of those things that were a little bit more commonplace. So I, I think, why are they still afraid? I don't know if I'd say afraid. I, I think it's, it's this adoption curve, though, is still out there. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's hard. It's hard taking on new things. It changes hard.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk a bit about making that whole process easier. How can we make it more accessible and encourage HR leaders maybe to think of data insights as just another form of employee listening?
1: Yeah, I think it's a a good question because it's something I've always said is that data is a way to listen at scale. And if you really think about that, a lot of times HR people, historically, it was a lot of like you walk around the floor, you talk to people, you get a sense, you, you speak with everyone across the company. But then as HR teams have been cut and ratios have changed, and you see HRPs with one to 400 or one to 800 in their their ratio, like how do you talk to 800 people in a year, let alone frequently? And think about that as like, when we look at data, data really tells a story. And I'd like to have more HR people come at it from that angle where they say, if I can look at my attrition data, what does that tell me about what's happening in my company? Can I listen to my attrition data and understand, hey, I might have a toxic manager somewhere. Or maybe the work's not set up appropriately because these new hires keep coming in and they keep leaving right away. That's a way to listen and understand at scale and to be able to do that quickly and to be able to get back to people quickly with solutions. I think the other piece about listening is one of the things is HR people are really good at listening. And that's something also where breaking down the barriers around this, it's data as listening is a way to tap into some of the things that HR is best at. We are thoughtful, we are caring, we are empathetic about humans and people in the workplace. And that's still something you can carry with you into the data. You don't have to leave your people person attitude behind and just become a math person to go forward, it's actually required to bring both of those together as you start to look at the data, understand the data. So I I think this idea of like, how do we help HR understand why they're good at this and what they're bringing that's going to make it make sense and how they're a critical part of the solution because data can't do it alone. There's no way that data is going to tell a story that's meaningful, supported, and that makes sense for the business without that qualitative and anecdotal and artisan context that the HRBPs bring.
0: Absolutely. And we'll, we'll move on now to really think about maybe a few more specific barriers that maybe HR leaders are experiencing. First of those being around confusion with privacy and ethics when it comes to analytics. Where does that confusion come from and how can HR leaders reassure their employees?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a monster question. This idea ethics is so funny too because it changes by context, by team, by country, by region. The what is acceptable? and what am I okay with can vary person to person. So it's it's a massive question around how do we understand privacy in the workplace? What what expectations of privacy should should be there? And how do we work within this space? I think when I think about it from the people analytics perspective though, I say without privacy and without this ethical grounding, I can't do anything from a people analytics perspective. The only way we move forward as a business is if people understand, hey, if I'm contributing my data through the workforce systems, through my chat systems, through collaboration tools. If my data is coming into the company, am I going to see value from it as an employee or is the workforce going to improve? I think that's where you really start to unlock some things, especially around privacy and ethics. And there's some some core things that you just shouldn't touch. There's definitely some electric fence topics and data points that you should just stay away from. And that's always gonna go a long way. But I think more than that, it's that level of transparency and openness that if a people analytics team is, is working out of the shadows in broad daylight helping teams understand what they're up to, helping employees understand what they're up to. I think that's where you see a a leap forward, not just from the people analytics side, but also from the workforce. Because when the workforce hears, they say, hey, you want to know what I'm up to because you wanna help me enjoy my job. You wanna know what I'm up to to help me be productive so I can thrive at work. You wanna make sure I'm okay and that I'm gonna stay. Those are really important things for employees to know. And those are core to what a lot of people analytics teams are up to. That communication though, doesn't happen that often. I I think if I think about why that doesn't happen, it might come back to some of these people analytics people. I mean, we we come from data stock and data people aren't always as as human people as as the HR folk are. So I, I think coming back to like why HR leaders should really consider this and lean in on this and not just rely on only their people analytics team to handle everything is they really need that HR leader to navigate what the people analytics team is doing and how the employees experience it. And then also what the employees are doing and how to get that to the people analytics team in the right ways and in thoughtful ways. HR is not going out of style in this space. And the core fundamentals of HR are so critical to make this work. And that's help employees understand what we're up to, help employees feel valued, and help employees feel safe. And that goes a very long way.
0: Absolutely. And you began begun to allude to it earlier on in the first answer around why it's important we reduce the barriers to people analytics and the cost of people to an organization. How can HR work with finance or IT to help navigate some of the concerns around the cost or the need for people analytics functions?
1: Yeah, this is big too. You, it, it's just required. I, I think HR trying to go alone on this without finance, without IT, <clears throat> I, I think it might be required for any strategic initiative, frankly. If we're trying to do anything as a business, you've got to get aligned with your key stakeholders in the finance team and in the IT team. More than that, though, I think people analytics hits an interesting space because the finance leader and the IT leader are also people leaders. And they also have teams that they need to understand and businesses they need to run and people they care about that they work with. I think the interesting thing about that, too, and as well as like their data is involved, so as employees, the CFO and the CIO are rooted in kind of understanding of privacy and ethics and how their data is used. So I think there's this extra element that comes into play when people analytics comes into the conversation that not just buy-in is required but actually a little bit of like selling the dream to the finance and the IT team as leaders and as business owners similar to the CRO and CEO that see the value of the workforce and see the value of understanding the workforce and driving workforce goals or driving the business through the lens of the workforce. I think bringing the CFO and the CIO into that conversation and saying, hey, this is, this is why this is good for the business. This is where this is good for us as an organization. And this is why this is good for you as a leader and as a person and how we can help you understand your workforce in, in deeper ways. That goes a long way. But at the end of the day too, if you don't have the money and you don't have the data and you don't have the technology, your people analytics team is going to struggle. And so I, I think that that deep alignment early on just is, is so critical to success in the space.
0: When we think a bit more about, I suppose, scaling some of these people analytics functions and taking it from something that, that is very small to applying it across the whole business, how do you think overcoming some of the barriers that we've discussed will really help HR leaders to scale their people analytics functions?
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because these barriers of like the privacy concerns, the, the ethical background and grounding, work with those finance team, work with the IT team. If you can't articulate the value to those things or overcome those barriers, you, you it's just not going to scale. I mean, you you won't get the buy-in, you won't get the data you need, you won't get the people supporting you in different ways and things will fizzle. I think it, it's almost one of these questions that when, when you ask it, you're like, I don't see another way about this. It's like asking a fish about water. Mm-hmm. It's like the only way to scale people analytics is through, and I wouldn't even call them barriers necessarily, but these are like table stakes. These are things that people analytics teams, and, and it's why it's important to find a people analytics leader too, somebody that really understands the elements of, the ethics, the privacy, and the politics at at work, and not just a pure data scientist. You've got to have someone that understands this kind of like organizational sense of where they are and how to build roots within a team. Because I've seen teams come in and just try to data their way through growth. And your people analytics project will will stall immediately. Uh, People will will get concerns, they'll they'll shut things down, they won't know what you're doing. And you need that leader that can come in and speak to what's happening and build that organizational buy-in. yeah, without it, you're dead in the water.
0: Absolutely. Um, and you've been in the people analytics space for a long time since probably you've even had that specific name. How do you think that people analytics will shape the long term future of HR and maybe help HR solve some of those organization wide challenges as we are in you know quite an, an uncertain economic climate at the moment?
1: This is an interesting one. And I think I have a bit of a controversial opinion on this. So it'll, it'll be fun to kind of talk through There's a lot of people analytics folks that believe people analytics is the path forward for HR and that this data-driven, data-focused mentality will reshape HR from the inside. I have a bit of the opposite feeling. I, I think that HR in the long term, will look more like HR was 20 or 30 years ago than it does today even. And by that, I mean, I think HR, when we start to automate and we start to understand data and we start to bring these things into the conversation, They're going to move into the background at some point. What's going to be left, the strategic elements of HR, the important parts of what what actually defines this function is actually how do we work with and how do we understand humans and how do we support humans? It's not about data. It's not about technology. It's about we are pulling together these large groups of people to drive after a common purpose. How do we activate those things? And a lot of those things are things that computers are not good at yet and may never be good at this understanding of what it means to create meaning and what it means to create drive. Um, I, I think that's where people analytics will help HR get to that next level by becoming the stepping stone where it's okay, we can come to the table, we can speak to data, we can get past those conversations that have been barriers in the past, but then what's gonna be left is gonna be those really absolutely crucial HR elements. And I, I'm excited for that too. I'm excited for that kind of like that, that a little bit more qualitative, a little bit more artisan future of HR that people analytics is going to enable But I think we're going to see HR really get back to its roots in the next 20 years here.
0: Fantastic. Well, Richard, I think that's a great note to end on. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the HRD Live podcast. It's been wonderful to have you on board.
1: It's been my pleasure entirely.
0: You've been listening to the HRD Live podcast. Don't forget to look at hrdconnect.com for much more industry-defining content, including thought leadership, case studies, and exclusive Q&As. To stay up to date with our latest HRD Live episodes, remember to hit subscribe and thank you for listening.